How's everybody doing? We're going to have some fun today. Y'all ready for that? Okay. Now, before we do that, let, let's, let's do this. I want to take a moment, welcome all of our first-time guests. Good to have you with us today. We hope that you feel right at home here at Journey. I, I'm the, my name's Jay. My wife, Stacey, and I are the lead pastors. It's so good to have you with us today. And then also, all the ones who are joining us online right now, it is such a privilege and honor to be able to, to have you worship with us every Sunday morning. So church family, can we give our guests and those joining us online great big Journey Church welcome. Come on. I love it. And this morning, we are continuing with our series called Better Together. We're talking about uh, being in unity. We, we actually, we value the, the independent mindset. But one of the things I've discovered is this, I'm always better together. When I'm walking in unity with God, when I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to direct me, whenever I'm in unity with my wife, whenever I'm in unity with the other people that God has placed within my life, uh, and even whenever I'm in unity with myself, in other words, God's peace is at work inside of my heart and life, it's a wonderful thing. And so that's what this series is about, is over, overcoming the independent mindset and allowing ourselves to really lean and trust on God so that we have unity. Everybody say unity. Because we are better together. Now, this past week we celebrated something that was just an awesome holiday. But how many of y'all, how many of y'all really think like Valentine's Day is kind of cheesy? Anybody? Okay, you know, like the red and print carts and all that kind of stuff, and the, the, the goofy flowers and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it's one of those those holidays that everybody takes seriously, and it always works out like this: like your husband and wife, they're talking like, well, you know, we're not celebrating this year. I'm not getting you anything, you're not giving me anything. It's like, all right, that's what we agree on. And if you don't, guys, listen, if you don't get something, you in trouble, right? Right, ladies? You got to do something. You got to think. But here, in the spirit of cheesy love, uh, I actually picked up uh, some, some Christian pickup lines. These are awesome. And some of y'all in here, y'all going to be like, I'm writing those down, you know? Here, here it is. Girl, I put the stud in Bible study. I like that one, huh? That's, that's awesome right there. Say, girl, I would say God bless you, but it looks like he already has. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Girl, if you were words on a page, you'd be fine print. It's good stuff. Hey, girl, I heard Jesus called you. You mind if I do the same? <laughs> This is my favorite right here. Hey, girl, is your name Google? Because you've got everything I've been searching for. That's, that is funny. That is funny. Can I have your number for my prayer list? That's, yeah, no. This is, this is another one of my favorites. Excuse me, is your name Grace? Because you're so amazing. Oh, man. Come on now. Seriously, somebody wrote those down like, I got some good stuff here. I'm going to get some numbers. Okay. Well, here, here's what we're doing. Today, uh, we're going to focus specifically on those who are here, part of this uh, congregation today, who are single. I shared this with y'all last week. Here's how we're breaking this series down. Uh, last week, we talked about being in unity with God, allowing his peace to be a part of our life, and, and making sure that we're walking in his will and his purpose for our lives. And uh, we're actually, the, usually what happens in a series, we'll, we'll devote one week to singles and it kind of gets pushed towards the end of the series. And I said, no, 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 let's do it on the front part of the series 
because if you're here today and you're single, uh, there's some things that I want to share with you, some things that I wrote down. And quite honestly, I really, uh, it took me a long time to work on this message. And, and I'm not going to say that I struggled with this message, but it was one of the messages I had so much material, so much stuff that I had to kind of pare it down a little bit. And then next week, we're going we're gonna to focus on, on those who are married. We're going to talk about marriage and family and all that kind of stuff. And then the last week of the series, we're going to answer questions. We're going to do a Q&A. It's the first Sunday of March. If you have a question, I need you to do me a favor. Take out a Connect card, write it out. It can be a question regarding anything, unity, God's will. Uh, you know, I'm single, what about this? You know, or, or I'm married, what about that? Or these kids are driving me crazy, what do I do with them? Uh, you know, whatever, Stacey and I are going to actually answer those questions for you. We do a Q&A the last week of this series. And uh, one of the things that I'm very excited about, I shared this with y'all last week, it's in our heart to do a marriage conference as a church, but we, we're kind of walking into this thing. We're not diving and we're kind of wading in and we decided to do a better together date night this coming Friday night. And what that is for $25 uh, it includes your meal uh, for, a, for a couple, it includes dessert, it includes child care, and we're going to come together and we're going to have a lot of fun that night. And Stacy has some, and I have some things we want to share with y'all. And then we've got a panel that we've put together that are going to answer questions. You guys, when you register, you can also ask questions, and so we're going to answer a lot of questions for you that night as well. We're going to laugh a lot, have a lot of fun. Go to the website, takethejourney.tv to register. Uh, you do have to be registered to come out to this so that we can get a food count. And, uh, but it's going to be a great night. Now, here's where we are with this. Because if you're single today, pay attention. But I guarantee that everybody in this room has at least one single friend. Who has a single friend? Raise your hand. Way up high. Okay. And, and this is something you, all of us can get something out of this today. Uh, something that we can learn for our own personal walk with the Lord. Uh, let, let me give this to you. I actually, hold on. Uh, okay. I just stuck this phone in my back pocket. Sorry, y'all. Let's just do a quick little, hey, what's up? Okay. Just, I love selfies in church. They're fun. Uh, so he, here's, here's what we're going to do. Today, we're going to talk specifically to those who are single. And my goal in all of this is to help you find unity in God's peace for, for your life. Uh, as you move forward, you go through life, I realize that there are a lot, a lot of people in a lot of different places. When we talk about being single, there are some in this room who are, who are widowed. Maybe you lost your spouse. There's some in this room who've never been married. There's some in this room who uh, you were married and through whatever, you're, you're divorced today and you're at that place in life where, where you're single. And maybe as you're moving through life, you're kind of like, well, what do I do now? What, 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 what is next for me? And here's what I want to tell you is that one of the things that I discovered early on, and especially in ministry, is that life in reality is all about seasons. And whatever season you find yourself in, uh, Journey Church is a safe place for you. Everybody say safe place. It's a safe place for you to be here to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so Ecclesiastes backs this up. Most people know this particular passage of Scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 and it tells us there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. 
Now, if you read that, most people know that verse, but a lot of times people realize that it gives us a great description. It talks about a time for mourning, a time for crying, a time for laughing, a time for peace, a time for war. We're not going to get into all that, but what I'm really trying to help you understand is, is that life is all about seasons. Everybody say seasons. And then here's where I want to take you. What I'm going to do is there are uh, several things that I'm going to walk you through that are specifically for you to help you uh, begin to understand God's unity and peace for your life. And then I want to walk you in the direction, because everybody says, well, well, what about dating and all that kind of stuff? There's some things that I want to share with you that Stacy helped me put together uh, re- regarding love and dating and all that kind of stuff that we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit as well. But first of all, let's deal with the individual heart. How do we get our heart, how do we get our life to the place to where I am at peace inside. I have God's unity. I'm in oneness with him, and the Holy Spirit is leading me. Here's the first thing I want to tell you. We're talking about seasons. you got to embrace the season that you are in with the right attitude. Okay, That's what it comes down to, because if you want to experience God's peace in your life, you need to embrace wherever he has you. Where he has you is where he has you. Okay, And, and, and guess what? You can do one of two things. You can embrace it with an attitude that stinks, or you can embrace it with an attitude of, okay, God, why you got me here, why I'm at this place in life, I'm going to be better whenever I come out of this season, whether it's in a couple months, whether it's in a couple years, whatever the season might be, I'm going to come out of it better. And here's why it's important for us to have the right attitude, because the wrong attitude is dangerous. Hear me on this. You can get to the place where your attitude, you get a little bitter, you get a little angry, you begin to feel hopeless. And then what happens is you begin to get really critical and negative towards other people around. You get really cynical, and then other people are like, well, I don't know if I want to be around that, because, you know, you kind of get kind of mean-spirited. That's why it's dangerous, and you can delve off into this stuff. So you're in this season, the next thing you know, your heart, your attitude, your mind, it stinks, and that's not what God intends for us. Now, get this, all of us, I don't care who we are, look at your neighbor and say, that's us. You might say, well, I thought you were talking to the singles. No, I'm talking to all of us, okay? All of us. I don't care who you are. We, as we walk through life, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to help us work on our attitude. Because it's easy for all of us to get to the place where our attitude can begin to stink. And we don't want that to happen. Wherever we are in life, we want to make sure that our attitude and mindset is the attitude and mindset of Christ. So, first things first. Embrace the season you're in with the right attitude. And the next thing that I want to help you understand, this is huge. This is something that I actually wrote out earlier in the week that the Holy Spirit had put in my heart the the week before, but I had to find the right way to say this. And I want you to hear me on this, but understand my heart. You need to understand that your worth is not found in another person, okay? Because so many times we begin to feel like we're worthless. We begin to feel like we have no value and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus did not send his son to the cross to go to the cross and pay the price for your sins because you're worthless. He did that because he loves you so much and you have tremendous value. You are so important to him. And I want you to understand that no matter where you are in life, no matter what you're facing in this world, you are valuable to God. Now, one of the things, and and I've told this story here uh, in service before years back, 
but I'm going to share it again today. And if you're here and you say, well, I've, I've heard that illustration before. This is just one of those illustrations that I'm going to share from time to time. You can just chalk it up. It's Pastor Jay's illustration number 115, okay? If you have like a catalog or something for them. But Stacy was taking a class years ago on counseling, and she came home and told me this story, and I thought it was so awesome that there, there was a, a distant village, and in this village, there were all these families that lived there. One day, they heard that the king was going to be coming through with his entourage, and, and as the king was approaching the village, everybody got all excited. Eventually, he showed up, and they had camels and horses and servants and all this kind of stuff, and as the king got off of his horse, he began to walk around the village, and the, the chief was there to show him around the village, and he spotted a young lady. And he told the chief, he said, I, I, I would like to have that young lady there as my wife. This is in a country where they believe in arranged marriages. And so the girl's father was called for him. When the father came, he said, uh, you know, King, perhaps you have my daughter mixed up with somebody else because my daughter really is not that lovely. And she, he, he, he looked at her and he said, well, I, I want her for my wife. I want her to be my queen. He said, well, okay, is this customary uh, you know, that there's a dowry to be paid. And, and, and your majesty, she's worth maybe a goat, maybe a pig, something like that. But she's really not worth that much. And the king said, well, sir, I, I beg to differ. I will give you 10 cows for your daughter. The guy backed up. He said, no, 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 your majesty. I, I don't, I don't want to cheat you. I don't want to come to the place where eventually my head gets taken off because you find out that you were cheated. Uh, your majesty, she really is only worth a goat or a pig. And so the king clapped his hand and decreed 10 cows for your daughter. And the deal was done. They loaded up the daughter after she kissed her family goodbye. And the entourage took off. Some years go by, and the village hears that the king and his entourage will be traveling back through their area. And everybody's anxious to see the king, what is, uh, the queen. What has become of her? She was this homely young girl that grew up here. And we know that she was a one, you know, a one pig woman. And the king gave 10 cows for her. Be careful how you say that, okay? <laughs> and so anyway, the, the king shows up with his entourage, servants everywhere. And they notice that there's a different queen at his side. They begin to talk amongst themselves. Well, perhaps he got away from here and discovered that she really wasn't all that, and he, he sold her into slavery, or who, who knows, you know? And about that time, this young queen jumped off of her horse, ran up to her family, and embraced her father, and her father didn't even recognize her. And as the king is walking over, the father's starting to realize that this is his daughter, and he says to the king, what happened? How is it that I sent my daughter away with you, a one pig woman? You paid me 10 cows for her, and I felt like I cheated you. What has happened? The king said, well, the difference is you always treated her like a one pig woman. And I treated her like a 10 cow woman because she is valuable to me. Get this in your heart. You are valuable to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We live in a world that will devalue you, will tell you you're worthless, will tell you that there's nothing that your life brings to this world. But I'm going to tell you something. God sent his son Jesus to go to the cross for you because you are the crown of all of creation, the one that he wanted relationship with. Amen. And you need to understand that you need to quit getting your worth from someone else, trying to look this way. Because this is what happens. Get me on this. 
you try to get your self-worth from an individual that is broken, and that individual is trying to get their self-worth from an individual who is broken, and it leads to rejection, it leads to hurt, it leads to pain. We need to derive our self-worth and our value from our Heavenly Father. Amen? Because you look in Scripture and you see in Luke chapter 12, Jesus said this. One day they were talking about the religious leaders and, and the ones in the land were being manipulative and they were trying to bully the people and all this kind of stuff. And this is what he said. He says, what's the price of two or three pet canaries? Some loose change, right? But God never overlooks a single one. In other words, even uh, some translations talk about a sparrow, and this translation is talking about a canary. It says that God even notices a single canary. It goes on and says, and he pays even greater attention to you down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head. So don't be intimidated by all this bully talk. That's talking about the, the religious leaders who were trying to manipulate them. Look at the last part. You're worth more than a million canaries. In other words, he's saying, you know what? You are priceless. I gave my son for you because I love you so much. That's what the Lord is saying to you today. So your worth is not found in another. And get this, I understand that this is a constant struggle for all of us. Whether we're married, we're single, whatever. This is a constant struggle for all of us. But we need to understand our worth has to come from God. God loves us so much. And here's the thing. Quit looking for something in others that can only be fulfilled by God, okay? Because God's the only one who can fulfill what you need within your life and the value and worth that he brings to your life, amen? So two things, embrace the season you're in with the right attitude. Your worth is not found in another. Get it from God. And then the next one, it, it's, it's kind of cheesy how I worded this, but I couldn't think of another way to say this, okay? And this is kind of, this is just being real, all right? Check out of hunting season now some of the guys in here are like what no deer hunting next year and that's not what I'm talking about okay here's what I want to tell I'm, I'm talking directly to you who are single guys you are not on the prowl you are not on the hunt that's kind of creepy okay I'm just saying it is like man I'm on the prowl for a woman you sound you sound ugh, okay stop it and ladies, let me tell you something. You are not some game to be stocked. You are a treasure to be valued. Okay? And actually, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22, it sums this up. And it tells us this. A man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord. Well, Pastor Jay, I thought you were, gonna, thought you were talking to the singles, not the married people. Well, let me show you how this verse is for the singles. Okay? Now, I'm going to go. Oh, it looks like, looks like I'm chasing that thing. Y'all see that? Okay. <laughs> Just having fun. Let, <laughs> look at this verse. I want y'all to read something here. A man who, a wife, a treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord. That word finds, you need to understand, in the original Hebrew language, we look at that word and here it is. It is matzah. Everybody say matzah. Here's what it means. There's a lot of definitions for it, but it means to come upon, be discovered, to happen upon, to meet, to fall in with. What this verse literally means 
is that a man is just walking through life, enjoying himself. He's not on the hunt. He's not on the prowl for a woman. But he's just walking through life, doing life, enjoying himself. And he matzah, he stumbles upon treasure. It's like you're out in the woods and you're walking along. All of a sudden you, you trip over a bar of gold bullion. You're like, what is going on? Okay. You're just going through life. You're working. You're enjoying life. You're doing your thing. And all of a sudden, matzah. You discover tremendous treasure for your life. we got to get out of the mindset of, well, I'm on the prowl, I'm on the hunt, and I'm looking for a man or I'm looking for a woman. Get out of that and just begin to enjoy life. Begin to develop relationships with the right people and enjoy life together with your friends and watch what God happens in the right time, in the right season. You will stumble upon treasure and watch how God brings your hearts together. Now, here's what I want to help you understand as well. I'm not telling you not to be aware, okay? If quite obvious there, if there's somebody that in your heart and in their heart you're interested in dating one another, don't be like, well, you know what? I'm just ignoring all that. You got to be aware, okay? So I, I, I get all that. And these three things that I share with you, check out a hunting season, your worth is not found in another, embrace the season you're in with the right attitude. These are all points that are designed to help you begin to have God's unity and peace within your life and within your heart. And somebody would say, they're, they're here today and they're single, and they would say, well, well, well Pastor Jay, that's great, but, but I want to find love. And I get it, everybody wants to find love, right? But a lot of times we're looking for love in all the wrong places. Seriously. We, we run all over the place looking for, you know, for love. We get all excited about Jesus, and the next thing you know, we meet somebody who ain't serving God, and we run after them. Because we think that that's a good thing and we actually wind up running away from God. So why do we do that? Well, what I want to do is I want to walk you through a couple of things that you need to understand regarding uh, love and dating and all that if you're single. And what we do is we look to the Bible. I always love looking to the Bible for biblical principles, biblical truths. And the Bible has a lot of truth in it regarding dating or courting or, or magical friendships, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. But there's a lot of things that the Bible shows us. And one of my, the first stories that I always go to whenever I think of dating and love, whenever a person is single, is Genesis chapter 24. Because in Genesis chapter 24, we see an awesome love story between a young man named Isaac and a young woman named Rebecca. This is what happened. Abraham saw that his son was, getting, was at marrying age, so he calls in his trusted servant. He says, go out and find my son a bride. That was arranged marriages, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so he leaves, and he travels, and, and he finds this one woman who is willing to serve him and serve his camels by watering them. And he says, this is the right woman. Eventually, uh, he brings her back to Abraham, to Isaac, to be presented to Isaac as his wife. And this is what we see, Genesis chapter 24, verse 67. It's a beautiful story. It says, Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother Sarah. And he married Rebekah. So she became his wife and he what? Loved her. Beautiful love story. Look what happens. And, and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Even in that moment of tragedy, his young wife comforted him. You see this story in scripture that we see the family in unity. We see uh, Isaac in love. We see Rebecca in love. It's a good thing. He loved her. Now, there's another story in Scripture that's found in the book of Judges. And this, by the way, was one of the bedtime stories that I used to have. I love my mom to read this story to me because I loved it. It's the story of Samson. Anybody else love the story of Samson? 
I just like the fact he was big and bad to the bone and all that kind of stuff. But Samson was a young man that his love life caused a lot of drama. You ever experienced a lot of drama in, in, in love? You know, here's a better question. Have you ever experienced a lot of drama in your family because of love? It's like, look, that ain't got nothing to do with me. But it, it does. It affects you. And here's Samson. His love life caused a lot of drama in his life, in his parents' life. And here's the saddest part of all. Eventually, the drama cost Samson his very life. The difference is with Isaac, we see love. With Samson, we see lust. Okay? Here's how it spells out. Judges chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. It says, Samson went down to Timnah, and there he saw a young Philistine woman. And when he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Look at the, look at the next one. Now, now I, have to, I always have to say this like in a Samson voice. Now get her for me. That, that's how I envision him saying that. As a wife. That was the Batman voice right there. Okay. Get her for me as a wife. His father and mother replied, isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives? Now, don't, don't freak out there like, man, is he marrying like his sister, his cousin, you know what? It's talking about within their people group, okay? And it may have been a cousin, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> among your relatives or among all of our people, must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? In other words, somebody who has beliefs completely contrary to ours. They're serving, uh, uh, serving false gods and idols and, and all that kind of stuff. Look what Samson's response is. But Samson said to his father, get her for me. Just like that. That's how he said it, okay? She's the right one for me. Now, if you read on, one of the things that you discover, his marriage to her did not wind up all that good. It actually winds up falling apart. He winds up in the arms of a woman named Delilah. And Delilah becomes his worst nightmare. He from there winds up in prison. He from there winds up losing his life. All because instead of being led by the spirit of the living God, he was led by lust. Two stories, two completely different outcomes here. You see, one story, it's all about love, and the other one's just kind of messed up. And we learn some things from these different stories, some things that I think are very valuable within your life if you're here and you're single and you're, and you're looking for love. And, and moms and dads, I'm going to tell you, I, um, there's a reason why we have children's church because sometimes we talk about things that are a little bit more mature in here. And uh, some of the things we talk about today might be a little bit more PG-13. I probably should have told you that earlier in the message. <laughs> but uh, this is one of the things I've discovered. A lot of the things that we talk about our kids have learned by age 8 or 9 now uh, because of the culture we live in. But let me, let me walk you through some things. If you are single, you are looking for love. You're not drawing your worth from another individual, but you're drawing it from God. You, you embrace the season that you're in with the right attitude. You're off, you're off, you know, you got out of hunting season and you're just enjoying life. And you meet somebody. And that individual, you decide, you know what, let's go get coffee. Let's take things slow and let's just be friends. Here's what I would tell you. The very first thing that I would tell you is that you have to learn to state your standards up front. Okay? Whatever your convictions are, you need to be honest enough. With, well, I'm going to scare them off if I tell them that. Well, if you scare them off, then it's probably for the best, okay? You need to sit down and over coffee have an honest conversation about what your convictions are and where you stand with the Lord, okay? 
And if you go drink coffee with them expecting to be married by date three, you're probably not going to have a date two, okay? Here's what happened with Stacy and I. She did this to me very right up front. We went on our first date because we, we, I had given my heart to the Lord. I was off the market. I wasn't on the hunt, wasn't on the prowl. Stacy wasn't either. And I remember we were at work, and I would pass this beautiful woman. I would go to clock in, and she was clocking out to leave off of her shift. And, and I would see her, and I'd be like, huh, she's hot. And the next day, she would clock out, and I'm clocking in, and I'm like, huh. And she walked by, and she said, huh, he's hot. <laughs> she didn't say that. She didn't say that. But eventually, we wind up, we, we, we go out on a first date. And, and I was a big spender. I've told you all about our first date before. I was a big, I was a big spender. We went Taco Bell, mm-hmm. <laughs> bean burritos all the way around, baby. Uh, just kidding. She got whatever she wanted. Then we went, we went bowling. We went and played putt-putt golf. We went and shot pool. Then later we went back and got some coffee at Ann's Coffee Shop. And uh, I remember we left from there and got back. She was living with her grandma at that time. We got back to her grandma's and we're in her, her driveway. The porch light's on and we're talking. And my wife starts this, well, she wasn't my wife then, starts this conversation. She says, now listen, I know because uh, I'd shared a little bit about my past and that I'd just recently come to know Christ as my Savior. And she said, I, I, I know because some of the stuff you've shared with me, uh, you know, I don't know all of it, but let me, let me just tell you something. I'm not like any of those other girls that you dated that were in the world. She said, you're, you're going to keep your hands to yourself. She said, you, I, I don't do all that stuff, and I'm serving the Lord, and God's got a plan for my life, and and I'm just not into all that stuff. And when I tell you, she, she literally read me the riot act. <laughs> and she lined me up. She stated her standards up front. These are my convictions. And then, and I, then we're standing there and she's like, okay, well now, are you going to kiss me goodnight? I'm just going to tell you, I kissed her goodnight. And she said, I want to marry that guy. <laughs> what? What? Okay, let's move on. You've got to state your standards up front. Don't, don't be scared. You've got the boldness of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Don't cower down to what our society and what, what our culture tells you. You be honest and state your convictions and standards up front. And if that person runs away, then they weren't the right one for you anyway. All right? Here's the next thing I'm going to tell you is that you got to learn to stay away from missionary dating. Now, I've shared that with y'all in years past, but a lot of people say, well, what's missionary dating? Is that like going on a mission trip and marrying somebody there? No. It is you meeting somebody that does not share your faith, and you say, you know what? That's okay. I'm going to win them to the Lord. You know what typically happens? You don't typically win them to the Lord. Typically, they draw you away from God, okay? And here's why it's so important is because when you date someone, you want to make sure that you find love 
in a, with somebody that shares your faith. They have similar interests with you. You're headed in the same direction as them. Because let's just say you get married. That could cause a lot of issues within your household. How you're going to raise your children. Going to church together and worshiping it. Becoming a, a source of contention really quickly. And the Bible actually backs this up. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Paul writes and says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. That's talking about whether it's in marriage or in business. All these different things. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? In other words, listen to me closely. The light of Christ lives inside of you. You represent him. His character, his nature is, is inside of you. And if you come alongside of somebody who has no interest in the things of God, they have no interest in anything except the things of the world, and you say, well, I want to date this person, and you begin to take your convictions and pitch them out the window, that's never a good thing. So make sure that you stay away from missionary dating. That's just me telling you as your pastor, because I love you, all right? And then here's the next thing that I would tell you. Make sure that that person that you're looking at, possibly going out on a date with, that they have the same heart as you to honor family. This is huge. Because you look at these two stories that you see between Isaac and Rebekah. You look at the story of Samson. And how did they handle it? Here's Isaac. He was honoring towards his parents and so was Rebekah. And you see Samson. What did he do? He argued with his parents. He was disrespectful to his parents. They, they tried to reason with him. He said, get her for me. And, and he argued with his parents. Listen to me. If family is important to you, you better make sure that that individual you're going to date, that family is important to them as well. And I'm just going to tell you this. Listen closely. If they're not interested in your family, if they're not interested in your friends, if they're not interested in your church, here's a quick word for you. Run. Run away from that. Because probably what they're going to try to do is isolate you away from the people that God has placed within your life to help give you guidance and speak into your life. And you don't want that for your life. So make sure that they honor family. Here, here's the last thing I'm going to tell you. Well, second to the last thing I'm going to tell you. And this is huge. This is where we get a little, little PG-13, okay? If you're going to date somebody, you're going to serve the Lord, you're going to be at unity with God, and you're going to be walking with his peace at work within you, then you need to avoid sexual contact, okay? Now it gets real quiet when the pastor starts talking about sex, okay? People are like, oh my God. Am I turning red? It's, it's going to happen, all right? Okay. Avoid sexual contact. Here's what you need to understand. There is a public expression of love. But there's also a private expression of love to be shared between a husband and wife within their bedroom. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't awaken the private expression until the proper time. You might say, well, when is the proper time? Well, we see in Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 4, when the Shulamite woman speaks and she gives some wisdom, she says, daughters of Jerusalem, speaking of these young women, I charge you, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Don't do things that are going to stir up things that would cause you to fall off into sin. The time to awaken that is whenever you step into marriage, the covenant of marriage. And God will honor that within your life. And here's what I'm going to tell you. This is where we just get, it just gets real up in here, okay? If you're going to date each other, don't grope each other. Don't make out. Don't play tonsil hockey and all that stuff. I, that's funny. It is. It, should I have not said that? I said <laughs> I said it in the first service, and everybody's like, yeah. 
like they knew what was up, okay? Don't touch each other inappropriately. Don't take your clothes off. Because here's why. Your body belongs to God. And their body belongs to God. One of the greatest illustrations I ever did before, I did this whenever we were youth pastors. I asked all the students and said, hey, you guys in here, how many of you have a sister? And they raised their hand. How many, ladies, how many of you in here have a brother? Raise their hand. I said, how, what would it be like to make out with your sister? And they're all, Ugh, you know. All. And I said, let me tell you something. That little boy you're dating, that little girl you're dating, that's your brother and sister in Christ. You better honor and respect their body. You better make sure that you are honoring what the Lord leads you to do and you're not putting your hands all over them because God does not bless that, okay? And if you are dating and, and you are, are, are participating in these things, back away, repent, ask God to forgive you for this and back away from that and begin to get passionate with God. Let your relationship with God go to a whole nother level. So then here's the question. Well, Pastor Jay, we're dating. How far is too far? What, what are we supposed to do? Are we just supposed to, you know, sit and drink coffee at an eight-foot table away from each other? Are we supposed to hold hands? Are we supposed to kiss? What, what are we supposed to do? How far is too far? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you before we answer that. Here's what a lot of people think, and this is what our culture teaches people. A lot of people believe that uh, I can engage in anything other than intercourse, and I'm still maintaining my purity. Do not redefine the standards of what God's word tells us. Because our culture tells us, you know what, as long as you don't have intercourse, you're good. But the reality is, if you're going to participate in all of those things, even if you're going to participate in intercourse, just call it what it is. It's sin. Now it's really quiet in here. Sexual relationships outside of marriage is sin. And it's time that we call it what it is. And here's the thing. We get to the place where we draw the line and say, you know what? My relationship with Christ is the most important thing in my life. And I want to walk in unity with him. I want to hear his voice. And I don't want anything coming in between me and him. So you say, well, what do we do? Where do we draw the line in the sand? And how far is too far? And this is where, this is where it gets fun right here, y'all. If you want to know how far is too far, then here's the litmus test for it. What would you be comfortable doing with someone that you were dating sitting on the front steps of your parents' house? Seriously. Remember, I'm here to give you guidance according to what God's Word says. You've got to lay the standards down if you want to grow in your relationship with Christ and you want God's best for your life. We're better together. But I want to walk in unity with God. I want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I want the Holy Spirit to lead me. So I've got to be willing to walk away from sin instead of participating in sin. And here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're here and you're dating and you have somebody pressuring you to do things that you're not comfortable with, you need to sit down and have a hard conversation with that person. You may even be able to place, if you're not comfortable with the things that they're asking of you, that you put some boundaries, maybe even walk away from that relationship. Because God's got good things in store for you. So good rule of thumb for you. Well, how far is too far? What are you comfortable doing sitting on the front steps of your parents' house? Okay? Some of you are just like, oh my God, I cannot get that image out of my brain. Okay. So here, am I, am I blushing now? Yeah, I am. I feel it. Okay. And then here's where I'm going to take you last. We close this out. And I want you to get this. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling all y'all this because I love y'all. If I didn't love you, I just candy coat it and say, here it is. 
But I'm going to tell you what God's word says so that you can experience God's best for your life. And if you are single, you need to experience God's best. He's got treasure stored up for you. Here's where we close out. It's this. If you're going to date, you're looking for love, then you need to ask God for help every single day. Okay? If you're single, you need God's help. If you're married, you need God's help. You really need God's help. Okay? So here's where I'm going to, this is a good, good thing for everybody in this room. If you're married, pray for your spouse every day. If you're single, pray for your spouse every single day. What? That doesn't, what? Let me tell you what my wife did. She shared this with me after we were married. Uh, Well, you may have shared it with me when we were dating. That whenever she was a teenager, her mom and her would pray for me almost every night. That God was preparing her future husband for her that God was working on us now here, here's the sad part here's the crazy part while she was praying that a lot of times I was not serving God I was running from God I was living for the devil I was doing all the things that the world's doing and and here's the thought that I had one day what would have happened if she hadn't been praying what would happen if her mom had not been what would happen if my mom and my grandma hadn't been praying where would I be at today but thank goodness I had a future wife that along with her mom they came together in unity because we're better together and they prayed for me. And the time came where the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart. And boom, I was never the same. And little did I know that a month later I would meet this beautiful woman that I now have called my wife for almost 27 years. Pray for your spouse daily. If you're married, if you're single, pray for that person as God prepares them. But as also as God prepares you. Because we're better together as we're walking in unity with the presence of God. Amen? So I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I know I threw a lot at you today. Some of it seems maybe a little harsh, but it's because I love you so much that that I want to share these things with you. Because I'm very protective of y'all. I want y'all to know that. I'm very protective of the ones that the Lord has given here at Journey for me to shepherd over. And I want God's best for your life. And so perhaps today in this room, every eye closed, maybe you're here and you would say, well, Pastor Jay, you keep talking about relationship with God, but I've not experienced that. What is that? Tell me about that. And Jesus one day talked about, you must be born again. And what he's talking about is a spiritual rebirth, that on the inside of you, your spirit, your heart, you become a new creation as you surrender your life to Jesus. You literally invite the presence of God to come in and live on the inside of you. And he changes you. Maybe you're here and you say, well, I've, I've never done that before. And I, I would like to do that and experience relationship with God. I'd like to forgive him, for him to forgive me for the sin in my life. Because my sin, all of us have a sin nature. We are born with it. And the reason why Jesus went to the cross, the reason why we're so valuable to him, is Jesus went to the cross to pay the price for our sins. The price has been paid and now the ball's in our court as to whether or not we'll receive his forgiveness. It's there for you to receive into your life. And to step into that relationship with God. There may be others in this room who would say, well, pastor, my heart has gotten far away from God. I gave my heart to him years ago or months ago or whatever. And over time, I got busy and I got distracted or I got caught up in sin or whatever it is. And today, as I sit here, just being honest, my heart's it's gotten away from God. And I know that I need to surrender my heart to Jesus. I need to get my heart right with him all over again. 
But today, right where you are, it's time for you to talk to the Lord. It's time for you to, to give everything to him. And right where you are, maybe you can pray and say something like this within your heart. You can say, Jesus, thank you for your love that you have for me. That I am valuable to you. And Jesus, today I receive what you did for me at the cross. I ask for you to forgive me for the sins in my life. As a sinner, I turn from the things of the world in Jesus. I turn to you. Change me. Let me be born again through you. Jesus, come and live inside of my heart. Be my Savior. Today, I embrace you as Lord and Master of my life. And I thank you for the newness that you bring to me. And Jesus, I thank you that my value, my worth is found in you. Now today, if you prayed that prayer with every eye closed and you said, Pastor Jay, I surrendered my heart to Jesus for the first time. I've been born again. Or I renewed my commitment to Christ and got my heart right with him all over again. Do this for me. Wherever you are in this room with every eye closed, if you would say, that's me. Raise your hand. Let me see. Is there anybody here? I see you here and here. I see you right here. Is there anyone else? Over here. That's awesome. Right here. In the back over here. Now, for those of you who raised your hand, I want you to do something. I'm going to ask you to do another step here. In a few moments, we're going to dismiss this service, and our prayer team is going to come here to the front. And I don't want you to rush out of here. I want you to take a moment of your time, and I want you to let them come come and let them pray for you. Let them give you direction as to your next steps in your relationship with Jesus. Now, if you're here today and you're single, I want to pray for you. Because I know that as you make your way through the different seasons of life, it's difficult. And so I want to pray for you today that you would feel the Bible tells us that the presence of God, He Himself will be a very present help to us, that you will feel Him leading you and directing you through the Holy Spirit. So Father, I lift up every person in this room, no matter what season they're in. Perhaps they're single because they face divorce and they've faced hurt and pain. Father, there's ones here today that maybe are widowed. They're mourning the loss of a spouse. Maybe there's ones here today who've never been married before. And Father, I lift them up before you. You see them. You see their heart. You see what they're walking through. And Father, I pray that every step of the way that you would make your presence known to them. Show them your love as only you can. Give them boldness and courage as they take steps forward, as they begin to possibly meet somebody to go out with. Father, they'll state their standards, Lord God, and they will live their life by the convictions, Holy Spirit, that you have placed within their life. I thank you, Father, every day as they get up and go about life, just enjoying life. That, Father, you will give them the grace to embrace the season that they're in with the right mindset, the right attitude. That, Father, when the enemy comes to bring bitterness or anger or whatever, that they dispose of that. And, Father, they excel in your grace, love, and mercy. And, Father, I just speak your blessings over them. We love you today. We praise you. In Jesus' name. What's everybody say together? Amen. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap today. He is so good. Now, Next Sunday, we're going to have some fun next Sunday, all right? If you, next Sunday, 
we're going to be speaking specifically to marriage and family. If you know somebody that needs to be here for this, which I think everybody does, grab them. Tell them to come with you next Sunday. It's going to be good. But don't forget our Better Together date night Friday night. Right here, 7 o'clock. Go online and register for it. I'm going to go ahead and, before anybody leaves, I'm going to go ahead and release our serve team to go ahead and get in their positions and places to help you guys navigate the parking lot. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come here to the front. And those of you who responded, come and let these ones pray for you. And church family, if you need prayer for anything, come and let them pray for it. Let's stand to our feet. And as we leave out of here, don't ever forget, we don't just go to church. Love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you back here this next week.